This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, this is the last Take Command Podcast of the Dan Snyder era. That's pretty wild, huh? I mean, that's something I never thought I'd hear in my life. You know what I mean? Like, or in my lifetime of covering the team. Like, I just thought he was going to be like a constant fixture here, you know? But it kind of calls you back to like, are you familiar with the story of Ozymandias? Are you familiar with that story? I feel like somewhere in the deep recesses of my mind, I've heard yeah. it before, but familiar would not be a term I'd use. Yeah, it's a poem about uh, this 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 obelisk in the middle of a desert, right? And on the bottom of the inscription, it basically says like, look at all that I have built. Like, look at all I've surveyed. I've conquered time, all this stuff. And like, basically everything's been destroyed. I kind of felt like um, that's kind of what happened here a little bit. You know, like this legacy that everyone that I thought was going to be kind of forever. Yep. Is now like we're moving on, which is kind of yeah. crazy. It is. Uh, the, the first podcast of the Josh Harris era next week. Uh, yeah. To wrap the Snyder era and look ahead to the Harris era, Kevin Sheehan will join us in a little bit. But before we get there, Logan, let's uh, let's pick up where we left off the other day. Uh, and that is talking about some of our takeaways from the play callers. Um, mm. And there was one specifically that we kind of left on the mat that I wanted to talk to. And it also intersects with the show Quarterback that everyone is raving about on Netflix. Very, very good show. Uh, worthwhile. Got renewed for a second season. Pretty pumped about that. Um, but it, it's this human element of coaching. And you mm. and I look at this not only as you know someone who played football for you, someone who's covered it for me, but you know we take this into the coaching that we do um, you know, on the personal training world and the strength and conditioning world. Uh, you mm. obviously do coaching uh, one-on-one skills training type of stuff with some of the, the NFL players that you work with. But mm. the importance of coaching the human and how, say, a guy like Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, uh, Matt LaFleur evolved on that over the years. What do you remember from those guys in 2012 and who kind of stuck out in that that role and and how that played into the success that was had in that season? Well, I think it's really interesting because like it's kind of two-pronged. Like as a coach, I think you you probably understand this a little bit. There's like a technical element. There's like a tactical element, right? And so like with football, I kind of looked at it, especially with regards to the quarterback position because you made reference to that show, um, that – there's like kind of how you install the offense is a big deal. And one of the things like I remember Kirk with Kyle being like kind of right in his sweet spot because Kyle's very methodical. Like, hey, you know, this isn't there. We're going to go here like one to two. If this is the read, blah, 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 blah. And 
it was really interesting because when Kyle left and Jay came in and Jay was kind of the offensive coordinator, Jay had a very different feel for coaching quarterbacks and coaching the position. And what I mean by that is, and this isn't wrong, but it just is like what speaks to your, um, what speaks to your player, right? So what, uh, what Jay is kind of saying, it's like, Hey man, like, you know, if you feel this backside comeback, we got to get there like versus this coverage, blah, 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 blah. And Kirk didn't really work like that. You know, he, that wasn't like his modus operandi. He wanted something a little bit more regimented, something that would keep him out of trouble consistently. And then I forget the quarterbacks coach at the time. He was a really nice guy, been around the league for a couple of years. You probably covered Matt, him. Matt Cavanaugh. Cavanaugh. Yeah. And Cav, yeah, yeah. I remember came in as the quarterback coach and Kirk kind of just took off. And I remember I was at lunch with Cav or we were walking up for him a meeting one day. I was like, you know, what did you do? Like what happened? He's like, Kirk is a guy that needs structure. And so I identified that and I said, how do we apply structure to this kind of feel that Jay is trying to get going here for Kirk, you know? And I think that was something that was illuminating for me, right? As a, as a coach and, and as a player at the time, it was like, you know, I'd have a whole bunch of different uh, coaches, right? And so, you know, just talking from my own experience, I had a coach who was hyper detailed, hyper organized, and his standard was perfection. And that I thought was what I wanted and what I needed at the time, but it really just stressed me out super bad. And it made me kind of anxious, like I was never going to be good enough. And I was always looking for and seeking approval. And then I went to a different team and had a different coach. And he was a, he was an excellent technical coach, ta technical tactical coach, but always was like, hey, man, you know, this could be better. But just so you know, this is a win on this play. It might not be the prettiest thing in the world, but it's a win. And that took a lot of pressure off of me. And so kind of understanding how best to communicate with the player and communicate the offense with the player, I think is really, really interesting. And so you we're, let's bring it back to the play caller series. Kyle, I know I'm all, all over the place, but Kyle is a guy who's going to call his play and he's immediately looking at the sheet for the next play. Jimmy Garoppolo signs in San Francisco and he comes from uh, the Mike Daniels. Mike, no. uh, he comes from New England and he's got yeah, uh, the Josh there? McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Thank you. And Josh McDaniels does it a little bit differently. He kind of calls the play and then has his coaching cues on that play on the sheet that he kind of reads the quarterback. Hey, you know, 18, 18 Oscar Remember, we're canning it to the three technique this week. Then I'm looking at my play. And so when Jimmy came here, Kyle was like, man, figure it out. Like I'm calling plays. And Jimmy had to go to Kyle and be like, man, I need a little bit more support from you as a coach. And Kyle, <clears throat> Kyle was like, okay, cool. Like I can just say, Hey, you know, alert this, think about this. If we get this coverage, think about this. It wasn't like he was coaching it the way Sean was with Jared golf, for example, but it was just like a little bit of supplemental kind of infrastructure for each play. Just so Jimmy was like, okay, yeah. Versus cover three, I got to work the line side. Okay, great. Versus uh, this play pass, I'm, I'm reading the post safety. Great. Boom. You know, and right. just kind of into the play. And just those things, I think, are what make great coaches. Like the Kavanaugh thing. Identifying Kirk doesn't like this kind of ambiguous structure. Kyle, understanding, hey, I need to kind of adjust this. And even Sean with Jared Goff, understanding, like, he needed basically me to tell him what to do for a while. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's all, that's all good coaching. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's and the thing is, like, good coaching is not giving every player all the answers in the way Sean was, or leaving them alone in the way Kyle did. It's understanding what players need what. Correct. And the example I love so much from the quarterback series is Kirk's. I wouldn't say unflappable, but it's hard. He's hard to flap. Um, he is pretty pretty even keeled 
but there are times where he gets frustrated. Um, he's, he's human. It's the heat of battle. Uh, and, and he gets worked up and what Kevin learned probably learned here and then remembered and, and applied in Minnesota is that if he goes to Kirk when he's wound up, they're just going to get in a fight and then be mad at each other. And that's not going to help anyone. If right. he lets Kirk blow off steam for two minutes, goes over and is like, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And he, he kind of gets it out of his system. Then he can coach him. And, mm -hmm. and there's, you know, and Kevin explicitly talks about this in the series of like, I just learned that on the rare times when Kirk gets really, really frustrated, going over to him is, is a waste of my time. Right. And so understanding who needs what, who needs the push, who needs to be left alone, who will sort themselves out. Cause I think that's a problem that a lot of coaches have is they wind up over coaching. Like you just sometimes need to let players sort themselves out. And I think, you know, Sean's, I don't want to call it inability to leave golf alone, but perhaps if, in hindsight, would Sean have given Jared a little bit more leash at times to allow him to come along? Or was there a point where he needed less of that information and where there's resentment that builds? Mm -hmm. And so there's, there is the mix of needing to do the job and like, what does it take to succeed? What's it take on this particular play or in this practice rep or this whatever to create the win and, and to get, across this finish line while also keeping the larger race in play of mm. I'm trying to, I'm going to have to get the next win too. And that's where I think like take it away from kind of the personality management, but to, to extrapolate on that, I don't know if it's an analogy on that, on that thought process, <laughs> right. Is like, you can't coach every game. Like it's a playoff game. And like baseball is the best example of this. Mm. You can't, throw your your best starting pitcher every night your goal is not to win 162 games your goal is to win as many of the 162 as possible and sometimes that's going to take mean taking a risk or even a short-term l for a long-term gain mm -hmm. when you're in game seven of the world series everything you got i don't care about tomorrow i'm trying to win right now and and the the coaches who understand that difference and can thrive under those circumstances, whether it's the pressure now playoff or surviving uh, the entirety of a regular season are the ones that ultimately have long, successful careers and develop good relationships with players over time. Yeah. And I think you, you while you were talking, you made me think of two stories. Uh, one about Sean and one about Kyle. Um, so the one about Sean, like, so he coached me as a tight end here in 2011, 12, I want to say, was that right? Yep. 12, 13, maybe. And then yeah. became the OC uh, when Jay came in. <clears throat> but one thing I will say about Sean is he is, you will never find maybe Kyle, a more detailed, more invested human being in the process. You know, that was one of the things about the, the Play Callers podcast that was so frustrating and kind of sad for me was like understanding the level of compulsion, the level of obsession that Sean has and like what that must have been like for him to kind of see it all kind of crumbling around him because his standard is absolute he's the type of guy that would be you know game planning or something and be like hey oh you know they ran this uh you know uh hated a little three up the middle which is a type of blitz that we used to call but they ran it in 2012 you know and it was like 2014 and right you know everyone's kind of like how do you know that and he's got like a photographic memory for that stuff and i remember being in practice one time and you know i was on the back side of a spacing concept and there's a rule with spacing when you're on the back side of the concept you know, if you're off the ball, you run an uh, eight-yard stop. And if you're on the ball, you run five yards over. But for that week, for whatever reason, we changed the release pattern. And I messed it up. 
And I immediately knew that I messed it up because the quarterback was like, hey, man, you know, and I was like, oh, that's right. That's the rule. And Sean came over and immediately tried to like coach it. You know what I mean? And I remember him like kind of barking at me from the back, you know, kind of trying to get me going. And at the time, you know, I didn't even think twice about it, but I just was like, I looked at him and was like, hey, bro, like I got this. Like, like leave me, like I've got it. I understand the correction. Like it was a slight mistake. And understand, like that's, that's Sean. And I'm not mad at Sean. I wasn't mad at Sean then, but that's his personality. Always right. trying to, to, to get every detail organized. And I could see how if you're a quarterback or, you know, like there's, there's great examples of like Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels, is that his name up in New England? He yeah. had the same kind of delivery, you know, hey, Tom, you know, cover two, we're checking this. And apparently, you know, I don't know Tom Brady specifically, but through the grapevine talking like Matt Ryan and guys like that, he'd have to tell Dan, like, uh, like McDaniels, to, like, be quiet. He's like, I don't need it now. I'm past yeah. that needing yeah. it. You know, I'm Tom so, Brady, shut up. Yeah, yeah, like, I've got it. Leave me alone. And so understanding, like, when a player needs you to come in, when a player needs you to back off. Like, I remember when I was talking to Matt at the cafeteria one day, we were talking about, you know, him and Kyle and their relationship. And he said, you know, the guy that was instrumental to the relationship was Matt LaFleur because mm-hmm. Kyle and him were like fire and fire and they would just like rip at each other. You know what I'm saying? And they'd fight. And it was like kind of like what you're talking about with O'Connell and Kirk. Like they just could never have like a civil conversation because they're so hyper competitive. And LaFleur had to kind of be the intermediary between both parties to be like, all right, Matt, like this is what this is what Kyle's saying, you know, like and and because he was so calm, Matt would be OK. And then, you know, they'd both be pissed at Matt, but it was like Matt was the guy that was like the personal touch guy. You're like, oh, yeah. we don't need all that. We can back off of this. We can add this. So I think like that is such an integral part of understanding these guys' geniuses because they are like elite. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're crazy dialed in. And I think it's hard for people who are so dialed in to understand when people don't get stuff. And I think that's kind of what you see with some of these relationships. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's been so many legendary players who try to go into coaching and fail. Like Michael Jordan would be a terrible coach. Terrible. Coach. Um, and he was a bad owner in part because he'd see what people are maybe capable of physically and completely underestimate and discount what they were made of mentally because he just assumed everyone was built like him and he's yeah. one of one. Um, and there were other great players that were not necessarily like that, but like Larry Bird was able to figure it out. It, Larry Bird's one of the most psychotically competitive people that's ever walked right. the planet, but he was a good coach. Um, he understood how to, to get it. And there's a phrase that Sean has that made its appearance in hard knocks a couple of years ago when, when they were featured. And it's one that I keep in mind all the time. And it's very simply, the standard is the standard. And in that way, it is uncompromising. Like, this is what it takes to win because the game demands this level of detail, this level of excellence to win. The standard is the standard. I think the magic of a guy like Sean when he's at his best and why, like, I always thought O'Connell would make a great head coach. um, And you see that in the quarterback series and what Kyle has learned and evolved on over the years and what makes Matt special, McDaniels, all these guys in their own special way is like, how do you actually get that standard out of people? And it's mm-hmm. not by just barking at guys and being like, 
hey, that's not good enough. Like sometimes that's what it takes, but yeah. sometimes it takes some finessing. Sometimes I was with Sean once and um, I think that the statute of limitations on this is up. So I'll tell this story quickly and then we'll get to Sheehan. But like Sean and I were at a bar, um, like, you know, just grabbing dinner and, and yeah. watching NBA playoff stuff. And on one of the other TVs was a uh, was the NFL 100 thing and Jordan Reed popped up and so there's all these highlights of Jordan and Sean's just like watching and like going. He's like, oh, I remember. And it's hilarious because it's exactly what you said. He's like, oh, yeah, that was on third and seven in the whatever game in week, right. whatever. And I called X cross, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is wrong yeah, with you, man? It's crazy. Um, but it's crazy. He, text, he texted Jordan is just like, you're such a beast. Like, yeah. and that little thing of like building Jordan up uh, and, and other things like that, that I'm sure he does and does now and did then all the time of understanding how to tap into that, that human nature, I think is incredibly valuable. It's what makes, I think the best coaches, the best Greg Popovich is notoriously mm -hmm. like this in the NBA. And I think even Belichick is like this more than people realize. Um, he it has the ability in the, the moment to do it. Um, or to, to get, you know, have that human moment. It's a little easier in football, I think, to be a hard ass because guys are more replaceable and, you know, the contracts aren't guaranteed and all that kind of stuff. But if you're just on guys all the time, it's going to wear thin. You're going to have no staying power. And I think that's the thing that's pretty magical about a Sean, a Kyle, you know, on down the list, Andy Reid, guys who have been very successful in the NFL for a long time. They have the mix of tactical genius and the 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 personal skills to not need to be fired after five years because a fresh voice is required yeah 100 percent. and you know really like that was that in my opinion is one of sean's like defining kind of benefits you know what i mean he's really really good at like interpersonal relationships you know he's obsessed with football but he's not like it's not crazy like he like i'm sure when you were at the bar he makes you feel so important you know? Yeah. And he's, he's you know, great. he's, he's excellent. He remembers your name. He remembers some details about you. And so he's excellent at that stuff. But to your point, like, you know, I coach high school football now, right. I'm the OC at a high school and it, like, it's so hard for me not to like lose my mind every day at practice because like the, like the standard is the standard, but I got to remember like these kids like are different, right. They're different than me than if I was. And that's such a hard thing. And I think, um, you know, like in the case of Kyle, like understanding you need Matt LaFleur to talk to Matt Ryan and needing that kind of fire, that ice to your fire. And Sean understanding like where your holes are and where your gaps are is another part of this that kind of is really beneficial because like no one's as obsessed with football. I don't care if you're the most obsessed player of all time, like you're not as obsessed with football as those, as those guys. And they need right. to understand how, how to communicate that to you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, when you're a college coach, you part of the reason you can have staying power is because the players move on every couple of yes. years. Yeah. Like you can be, you can drive guys super hard because they're gone by the time it wears thin on them. One, they're kids. They don't know any better Two, yeah. you know, by the time that it wears thin, they graduate or they, they leave for the NFL. You get in the NFL, it's grown men who are making more money than you. In a mm -hmm. lot of cases, they got families. Like you can't grind on them the same way. Cause they'll look at you and be like, Hey man, I'm an adult. Just like you are. You can screw off. And so finding that magic for a guy like Andy Reid, who's been doing it for 30 years at the head coach level is uh, pretty special. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you know, I mentioned, you mentioned I work with a couple of NFL guys, like it is a collaborative thing. It's not like, let me tell you what to do. It's like, Hey man, I'm thinking this today. And they're like, I'm not really feeling that. I'm not going to push you to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's yeah. the, 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 the maturity of those athletes is such a different level. 
Um, and and that that's what makes some of these guys so impressive. Like Andy Reid, you mentioned, like understanding, like, hey, I gotta tr- I gotta push you, I gotta know when to coddle you, I gotta know all these things. Um, and that just comes with experience. And so, like, in addition to them being brilliant football people, like they're also incredibly smart interpersonal people, you know, yeah. or have really smart interpersonal people around them. So um, it is a, uh, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Like something I wish that they, people talked more about with regards to coaching, you know, and, and some of that psychological, you know, huggy, touchy feely type stuff, you know, that you mentioned like with O'Connell. Um, but yeah, like it's uh, people just don't think about it that way. No, for sure. And can you do that? Can you be, a human while still extracting the standard. And that's, that's the hardest part. All right. Uh, more on this. I talked about a little bit on the radio show. You can check that out on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash at Craig Hoffman, uh, for the rest of the pod though, let's talk to Sheen.